With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's San Maximan. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wiggs. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. A Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Mitch Letizier. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Tad Predictable, episode 71. And we are continuing with the series, A State of the Nation Address. And today we are going to be discussing Southampton and we are joined by none other than Mitch Letissier. Mitch, I, I think you were probably one of the first names on the list when we thought we're going to be doing a Southampton State of the Nation Address. W- would you have felt a bit insulted if we if we bypassed you for this one? Uh, no, no, I'm sure there's lots of people who've got lots of opinions on uh, on Southampton and the transfer business, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased to have been asked. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you back on. And um, yeah, for those that have been listening to the series so far, um, we've done a couple so far. I, I mentioned we've done Liverpool, we've done Arsenal, obviously we're doing Southampton. We've organised for other ones, including Crystal Palace and Man City, etc., um, those are still to be recorded, but we are just going through um, some of the Premier League teams, seeing what they've done so far this transfer window, both in players coming in and out, what they still need to do, and then maybe a few questions on some of the players that are in limbo at the moment. But the interesting thing for me with Southampton, Mitch, is that the, you know the transfer business didn't really start on the pitch; it was more off the pitch. Um, some big changes in terms of obviously there were question marks heading into the off season about Hasenhutl and whether or not he would stay. Uh, it turns out he's still there, but some of his coaches have gone. Um, in comes Ruben Sellers. Uh, he's coming as sort of first team uh, lead coach is what I've got written here on my notes. Um, I'm guessing assistant manager to Hasenhutl, but Talk us through that process of, you know, uncertainty with Hasenhutl. And then it turns out being a bunch of his coaches leaving. Um, he brings in a new assistant manager uh, and he's still in charge. Yeah, I think the club had a pretty clear choice between backing him. And by backing him, I mean um, getting in coaches with with a right coaching pedigree, um, which hopefully they've done with with Ruben Sellers. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on his 
career, but he's certainly got more of a coaching pedigree than the guys who have left. Um, you know, obviously, Kelvin Davis uh, been at the club a long time and was kind of given given that position. But uh, you know, I don't know. I've never seen him take a second. But the impression I got was that uh, he he doesn't have the the um, experience in terms of coaching or the, or the sort of profile that you'd expect a sort of first team coach for a Premier League club to have. Same Dave Watson is is a, as far as I knew a goalkeeping coach. He was in charge of set pieces. He was the one with the iPad always on the side. And I don't know an awful lot about Craig Fleming, but um, it, it certainly looks to me like the club made the decision that he was the manager they wanted. Um, he's not really had a sort of a strong uh, coaching influence alongside him since oh, the name of the fellow has completely escaped me now, but he went to Bayern Munich with, um, I think with Hansi Flick, uh, he left to go there. Uh, that must have been two or three years ago now. Um, but, yeah, I think that was that was the club saying, look, you're the man, we're going to back you. Uh, these are the changes you want. You've got the coaches you want. And then they've, and they've done a fair bit of transfer business as well. So it looks like he's getting the backing. Um, and it's quite simple now. He's, he's, got, he's got to deliver. Um, I think that's, that's going to be a clear message from the club. I don't think the club will tolerate anything less. He's got no excuses anymore. We've spent some money. He's got, he's got some, some coaches that obviously I presume that he was involved in choosing. And, um, and it's time for him to deliver, really. He's been here a long time now. Yeah, it, it's definitely pressure back on Hasen Hootel. Um, you mentioned, you know, trying to get coaches in that he wants. Um, it, and it, by all accounts, it seems like Sellers was his number one choice. At least that's... That's the news that's coming out of the club, whether or not that's true. At least they're, they're putting that out there. So he's got his man there. Do you think Joe Shields, who's also coming to the squad, he's coming as uh, the head of senior recruitment. Um, he's kind of taken the role over from Martin Glover, who's who's gone on to Leicester City. Do you think that's also part and parcel of getting in the people or maybe you know, getting in people that can help Hasenhutl to put down maybe his plan or to succeed a bit better than what he had before? Possibly, but I would also argue that our recruitment has been really poor for quite a long time now. Um, you know, we're now sort of six, seven, eight years, whatever it's been, since since we, you know, we lost the Lalanas and the Chambers and the, that, that summer where we then replaced them with with a number of players who did work and all the Vereld and Mane and all those guys. It's a long, long time ago now and our recruitment's been poor um, probably since... Ronald Koeman left, I would say. Um, I'm struggling to... Obviously, Liveramento coming last summer was a really good bit of business, but I'm struggling to think of too many others that, that you'd be sort of really excited about in the meantime. We've, we've signed a lot of players. Um, and, and admittedly, they've, they've had to do it on the cheap, but um, the recruitment hasn't been what it should have been. And I guess um, that's that's probably the reason for bringing this uh, new guy in. And, and given his background, as I think he was head of... Uh, academy recruitment wasn't he at Man City um, uh, that background fits in with their strategy of sort of giving opportunities to play first team football for the, the best and brightest young players so um, it makes sense and there's a bit of logic to it so you can see what they're trying to do yeah definitely and it, I think it makes sense in Southampton kind of positioning themselves um, perhaps maybe something that Crystal Palace are trying to do as well which is if we can entice some of the youngest or the young hot prospects in the UK and, and and around Europe, for that matter, to come and play for us, there is a pathway there. You know, if they grow into really good players, we can 
sell that player off and kind of use that money to do that whole process again um, could be quite healthy for the club. It just needs to then have the transfers be on point. You need someone that's got an eye for talent in there, really good with recruitment. And if, you know, Joe Shields by reputation at Man City, at least, um, he's got a good reputation in terms of young players that he's brought through there and, and, we'll see some of them still to come through. Obviously City is a, a, a very difficult place to break into the first team, but some of those players have been sold for big money and have gone elsewhere and done stuff there. Um, and, and I mentioned that he comes from Man City because he didn't come alone um, this off season. He's brought a couple of players from Man City. Um, so we'll, we'll jump into the players that have been transferred in by Southampton. We start with uh, Bazunu, Gavin Bazunu. Um, he comes from Man City. Uh, I think price tag was around 12 million for him. Uh, so a goalkeeper comes in, someone that Shields would have known quite well, obviously. Um, probably going to be competing for that island number one job. Um, in you know, at least heading into this season and going forward, we know Kelleher plays for Liverpool, but he doesn't start for Liverpool. He kind of plays the cup games and and kind of did well there last season. But is there a clear pathway for Bazunu to kind of become the number one goalkeeper at Southampton? There was kind of a goalkeeper by committee last season. I felt. I would really hope so because it's a position that we've been absolutely desperate for for. Uh... I mean, McCarthy had a had a good run when he first came into the team, but that's got to be four years ago, I think now. Um, and obviously, Fraser had his issues and went off back to Celtic for a couple of years on loan. Um, it's an issue for me that's been sort of I know Forster had a good eighteen months, I think, when he started, but I've never been convinced by him technically. Obviously, he's a, he's a big old frame and he, and he covers a lot of the goal. He's not my sort of goalkeeper, if I'm honest. Um, We've not had a goalkeeper that I've been really fond of since uh, since Arthur Boric. Um, so it's, it, I really hope this is the one. Um, I'm going to reserve judgment. Having, I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play. Um, uh, obviously, he was at uh, down the road um, last season on loan, and, and the the view is from from the people that you speak to around here that would have watched him um, that he's um, that he looked a class apart in a League One team. And um, you can only hope that he goes on. But then, you know, we had similar hopes and similar transfer fee when, when we brought Angus Gunn in. And obviously that didn't work. So, um, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on the young lad. But you'd really like to think that, um, that it would, with the reputation that he's got, that he will be able to pretty easily um, see off McCarthy for the number one uh, spot. Yeah, he is hoping for that as well. And as we, I guess, are trying to get to here is just solidifying that number one spot for Southampton and him being 20 and coming in, making a claim for that number one spot and keeping it for a good while just calms everything down. I think in terms of, okay, we've got that position sorted out for the next 10, if not more years. Um, The only concern I have for him is that he's 20 years old. Um, So you kind of have to accept that he's going to make mistakes at times. There is going to be inexperience and, Maybe decision-making might not be the greatest at times, but you hope that he does enough of the good things that you kind of take the the, the little bad that comes with uh, a young player in there as well. I mean, we've seen with Leeds, they've got young keepers there. But um, yeah, so hopefully he, he steps in. And then I guess for Ireland fans, it's interesting that he then 
well, they'll be hoping he becomes a starter there and then they can start that competitive battle, as I mentioned, with Kelleher and others for that job. It just makes, you know, them compete for it, makes it a bit of a stronger position. So, yeah, here's hoping that he settles that position for for you guys. But he didn't come alone from the Man City yeah. under 23. Saying, sorry, mate, can I just make one more point on, um, on the Yeah, goal? yeah, definitely. Um We've had we've had two thirty plus year olds who have been making mistakes. So at, <laughs> at least with a twenty year old, there's a chance you might learn from them. Yeah, and and you're willing to forgive that a little bit more than thirty year olds making mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he he comes with his mate uh, Romeo Lavia. Le, Le, um, any thoughts on on him coming in? Now, obviously, we know. Um, I mean, a signing for him, and maybe we'll discuss him along with Joe Aribo, another player that's come in into that midfield position for you guys, because I kind of look at that and I think, what what's going to happen with Diallo? Do, do you get that same feeling? Um, we know Diallo came in, uh, is it two seasons ago now? Um, hasn't really hit the ground running. No, I've seen flashes. To. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's... Uh, there's quite strong links. I think it was yesterday um, that Valencia are interested in taking him, um, and I don't think the club would be against letting him go. To be honest, given that um, it's likely that um, Oriol Romeo will get a new contract, he's up next summer. Um, obviously, James Ward. We're talking about two positions here, but really, we're not, are we? Because James Ward Prowse plays every game. Um, so you're talking about who's playing alongside Ward Prowse. So if you've got, you know, the, the sort of the solid, experienced option in in Romeo, and then uh, uh, Romeo Lavia it's quite difficult to say actually um, uh, you know as your sort of young dynamic one and that doesn't leave a lot of minutes for Diallo I don't think so uh, I kind of thought he might have kicked on he showed a few flashes but you know uh, I've got to be careful what I say because I got slaughtered because I said <laughs> that Oriol Romeo was overrated on Twitter a little while back and I mean slaughtered like you've never seen Um He's fine, Oriol Romeo. He's a good player. He's okay. But if you really want to push into the top half of the Premier League, I think you need a little bit better than him. And I'm I'm fine and I'm happy with Oriol Romeo as your third midfield player. I don't think, you know, you'd like to think this this young boy uh, sees his, his chance is to, to take his place. I mean, he's not going to take Ward Prowse's place, is he? Let's be realistic. So, he must think that's that's the that's the position in the team he's going for. I think Aribo is a little bit different. I think he's a bit more forward thinking, and in our system, I couldn't see him playing as one of the two central midfield players. I think he'd have to play as one of um, uh, what what we would have called a wide, you know, a wide player. But Ralph would call his his sort of two tens. I think he refers to us in those sort of um, positions just behind the front two. So. Uh, I think Aribo is probably more in that area than he would be in the two central midfielders. Yeah, that that's interesting for me because it then it it helps me because um, I was thinking I was questioning whether or not it, um, these two signings meant Ralph was going into more of like a three man midfield. Um, but yeah, if if he <laughs> won't change, don't be silly. <laughs> look the amount of midfielders that were coming in with Diallo still there and, and I know managers do talk players up in public and then don't always necessarily back them out with like selections and stuff like that and Diallo is probably one of the perfect examples for that Hasan Hutel seems to love him 
in the media, but and and by all accounts, it, you know, in training and all of that, he's a really good, uh, happy guy. He's always, you know, um, he doesn't cause problems or anything like that. So from the outside looking in, it looks like the club is bought into Diallo. But then when you look at, you know, the amount of minutes he plays, the amount of games he starts, or you know, it, it doesn't necessarily reflect that. He doesn't seem to stay fit. Whenever he does get a, a chance to play games, he seems to break down. He's Maybe he's just not, you know, his body isn't that robust. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I, I wanted him to do well. I wanted to like him, but he hasn't shown enough um, in the time he's been here to, to justify uh, a place in the first 11, I don't think. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on whether or not um, those rumors um do kind of become a bit more solidified and he does end up leaving but at least you've got two more in and and i think you guys did need bodies in that central midfield spot maybe in the the 10 spot that that you mentioned um we'll get to some of the players that probably should be leaving by now who have occupied those positions at times um i'm sure they're two specific ones that you I know have been quite vocal about and and we will get to them but let, let's continue with uh some of the players that have come in um you've obviously needed i thought another player at the back at center back um and you've brought in armal bella coach up um yeah, good. now that well done <laughs> yeah now now he's a player who maybe a year or so ago was you know around europe people were really really excited about him he was on all those you know top top young players top 50 wonder kids and all of that stuff sorry could you repeat that i said he's amazing on football manager <laughs> yeah that's yeah, all like, i know I, I haven't seen him play very much but i can tell you he's really good on football manager well, if if his career goes any way that it it projects on Football Manager, then you guys are in for a treat with him. Um, but yeah, so do you think he comes in, slots in straight as a starter, or maybe starts off as a bit of a backup? It's difficult, isn't it? My view, like while obviously, like I say, he's got a lot of potential and he's quite highly regarded. My view would probably have been that I would have liked to have seen a, a more experienced partner for Salasu. Um, Bednarek's been here a long time time now but he doesn't seem to have grown out of making a lot of mistakes um lianko won't make a premier league footballer for as long as he breathes oxygen um jack stevens is a is it seems like a great lad he, he's a real trier um but he probably doesn't quite have the quality to be a, a first 11 premier league player uh, you know he's a sort of player you'd want to keep around in your squad um but I would have liked to have seen us sign a a more sort of experienced, steady hand to to have allowed Salasu to to learn and um, and develop as, as we hope he can do. Um, you've seen that that does work with um, uh, examples that uh, West Ham signed, didn't they? Craig Dawson, who's who's you know most people would have sort of thought, oh, he's over the hill, whatever. But he's um he's just been dead solid. And I think centre back is one of those positions where where you you need a little bit of experience, um, especially alongside a young, um, high uh, potential player like Salasu. You mentioned that combination of getting the more, you know, the older experienced player. I mean, for example, uh, Johnny Evans surprised me when he went to Leicester. I wasn't yeah. expecting him to to hold his own like he did there. Um, 
so someone like that to to help Salasu because he he's a talent. He's one that I think you guys could really um build a squad around in terms of having one of those spine players. He would be one of the spine players for me. Yeah, I think there's an issue with his contract. He's got two years left on his contract. Um, so I guess it's at that sort of crossroads where either he's going to sign another one or he's not. Um, and then sort of obviously things will play out from there. I don't know whether he's done enough yet to justify a club, sort of higher profile club than us, coming and taking him. Um, we'll see on that, I, I suppose. But um, he's definitely got something. He, he started not... Uh, probably just after the start of last season, he was he had a really good period, and then like like a lot of our players towards the end of last season, really uh, kind of fell off a cliff again. But um, there's definitely something there with him, so you'd hope that um, that he can kick on again this season. Yeah, I hope he does. Look, I I didn't hold too much against a lot of your players towards the end of the season because it seemed like it did kind of fall a bit off the rails. Um, so hopefully they get back on track. Um, you've also brought in, you know, free transfer coming in, um, Mateus Liss. Um, look, I think it's it, it's it's a harmless signing in my opinion. Um, getting him in, I think it's just it adds another body and it allows you guys to not spend too much money on a backup goalkeeper. I'm imagining that he will become. Maybe they they both kind of play for the jersey in preseason. And if Liss wins it, he wins it. If Bazunu wins it, he wins it. But I'm I'm guessing the hope is that Bazunu wins that job outright convincingly. And then Liss is a nice, you know, backup goalkeeper that can come in. We haven't spent a lot of money on him. Let's rather use that money to bolster other areas that we still need to do. I think he'll probably go on loan. Um, oh, nice. That's that's the, the feeling is that he might go back to the to the Turkish league or somewhere like that on loan because we've got there obviously like you say we hope Bazunu will take number one we've got Alex McCarthy who you know well, I mean a lot of Saints fans aren't keen on him but he's you know he's not he's not he's not inexperienced he's not he's not completely useless and then obviously we've got uh, we've got Willie Caballero for another year yeah so uh, <laughs> I think I think lists you'll find lists will go out on loan um, and I think the club probably are just thinking that it's good to have a few bodies so that we don't end up in the situation that we were when we had to sign Caballero on a short-term deal because we literally didn't have a goalkeeper. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the situation that you'd hope not to get into. Now, I know Dan Lundulu... Oh, oh, not so good on that one, are you? Lundulu. Yeah, that was better. Dan, there we go. Dan Lundulu. My bad. Sorry to Dan. Um, I know he went out on loan. Has he gone? Has he? Or oh, he was at loan at Cheltenham. Has he gone back out on loan to them again? I think he. Yeah, I think he went half a season at Lincoln and half a season at Cheltenham. I can't remember which way around it was, but he's joined Cheltenham again. He's twenty three. He didn't exactly rip it up in League. What's that? League two, isn't it? Link, yeah. uh, Cheltenham. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I'd, I'd be shocked if he ever sort of makes it as a. As a Premier League first team player, you know, 23 is quite an old age for for a lad to still be kicking around, going on League One and League Two loans. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, all the best to him there. Uh, hopefully, he can find a, a, a home, even if it's you know if it's there, uh, he secures a move there later on, or if he does light it up and he finds something, comes back to Southampton, or even just getting a sale off of him, but. I mentioned sales there. There were a few that went out. 
not much money coming in. And I do want to talk to you about that aspect of things. But we've got Fraser Forster going, you know, on a free transfer to Spurs. We've got Harry Lewis going on a free transfer to Bradford. Um, we've also got Shane Long, who's left on a free well, he hasn't joined a club yet, as far as I'm aware. So he yeah, he's left he the club. He signed for Reading today. Yeah, he's gone back to Reading. So um, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, so he okay, so he's gone out. That's another player that's gone out on the free, um, and then a couple of players that have gone out on loan. Is that a concern for you that sort of money isn't coming in from transfers? For for you know, I'm 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 always of the opinion unless you're you know, like a Man City or a Man United or now Newcastle, you need to be generating money from transfers because um, that's kind of how you're going to be able to to fund your your on-pitch stuff, you know, head, moving forward. Yeah, but then I think you've got to remember we've had four or five years where we haven't actually acted like a Premier League club in the transfer market and we haven't actually bought anyone, really. Um, we've only bought players with money that we've brought in. So we haven't really, you know... We shouldn't we shouldn't kid ourselves into thinking that we're we're being treated to something special because we spent well about forty million quid without selling anyone. I think that's kind of a net spend of around that is pretty standard for a Premier League club, and um, we've not done that, so I, I wouldn't worry about that. Although I think uh, in terms of selling players and getting players off the wage bill, that tends to happen later in the in the window, doesn't it? Um, there's a there's a number that could well leave Gineppo, uh, Redmond, Walcott. Uh, there's more, I think. Uh, Bednarek is the one lightly bringing a few quid. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be a concern though. Yeah, and, and we certainly saw you guys lose or you know sell someone quite late into the window last year when when Leicester got an injury. So that could also dictate sales if if one or two clubs start getting injuries during preseason. They need to kind of get some some squad depth going there, but. Um, yeah, are there any other specific ones you want to talk about in terms of um, those players out? And then maybe we can delve into what's left for the club to do. But in terms of players out, um, look, in what, maybe March, there was talks of like James Ward-Prowse might be heading out. And, you know, obviously Spurs were one of the biggest rumored clubs for him. Um, but they've gone, they've signed Basuma. I don't see where he would go or even if he does want to go. I don't even know if he does want to go, but I'm struggling to see where he would go um, at this point in time, looking at what no, all the clubs have done this season. It's another one of those situations. It's your Grealish, it's your Declan Rice, it's your Zaha. He's worth so much more to Southampton than he is to anyone else. Yeah. So the asking price that Southampton would ask for would be way in excess of what anyone else would pay. And I think that's why he'll stay. Um, he, signed, he signed a new five-year contract last summer as well, don't forget. So, you know, he hasn't shown any sign that he actually wants to leave. Now, he's capable of playing for a better team than us, yes. Um, you know, and, and I don't think anyone's naive enough to think that if one of the big clubs came in seriously for him, that he wouldn't want to go and pursue that. But at the moment, it doesn't look like there's any signs that he will be leaving. Um in terms of more players to to get out the door, I think it's, it's more about getting rid of those that have had sort of ample opportunity um, and haven't done it. Gineppo, Redmond, uh, Walcott. Uh, there's probably a few others. Uh, Bednarek. 
and there might be one or two others. Um, but I think that's kind of the outgoing thing is just to kind of get those guys off the wage bill because they've, they've had plenty of chance now and they've not done it. Um, especially Redmond, people don't realise it's been there six years. Um, it's like a good chunk of a footballer's career, isn't it? Six years. So, um, you'd like to think that he would have done more than what he has. He's had, he's shown that flash when, uh, Carson who first came in, but then he just sort of reverted to the very frustrating type that we've had the entire time ever since then, really. Yeah, uh, hope, hopefully those guys, because um, for me, I think they're kind of, they're the type of players that, that can hold a club hostage, so to speak, or hold a club back, because they're not good enough to improve the squad on the field, in my opinion. And no. they yet, whenever they're, they're there at the club. The managers always seem to play them, like they like yeah. they always no. get opportunity after opportunity. And you're thinking, just take him out of the manager's mind, because it's just it, at this point in time, unless unless they're not at the club, I can guarantee those players will play probably like twenty games the next season or something. Yeah, and um, like. There's only so many times you can sort of keep giving people opportunity, keep giving people opportunity, um, you know, and potentially they're then holding back younger players who um, who might well have that opportunity to make their mistakes and, and to learn from them and, and to develop. Um, I saw something today, I think, that some, uh, I think it was 210 grand, those three, Gineppo, Redmond and, and Walcott are on between them a week so just getting that off the wage bill would just be good I don't think I'd even expect much of a fee for it, or certainly not for Walcott at his age um, uh, you might get a couple of million for the other two but I think the key for us would just be to get them off the wage bill now to be honest um, cut your losses and uh, move on yeah I, I think that might be the right call there but now if, if we're losing all three of those um, I would imagine and we'll, we'll slide our way into the incomings I would imagine you know, players that we will be looking at bringing in. Number one for me is a striker because obviously Broher has left. Um, I thought he was very, very helpful in his loan spot. I thought he did quite well with you guys. So he's left a gaping hole. I think Shea Adams is more a second striker than the lead striker. Um, so if if he if going into the season and he's the lead striker, I might be worried where you know if you guys will have enough goals uh, in the squad. Um, you also then lost Shane Long, as we mentioned, he's left the club. Um, it you know it might not be that he brought the goals, but at least him being a body, him coming on late in games and showing that energy, that drive to press and stuff like that, maybe someone in that ilk to come in as well. Are you thinking strike is the, the, the more, most important place that you guys need to address now? I think you have pretty much nailed it. I think we need another uh, wide player or number 10, as Ralph would, would call it. Um, and then, yeah, definitely a, a strike. I don't think we necessarily need to. I, I I wouldn't write off Adam Armstrong, similar to Che Adams. He didn't have a great first season with us, but you know we play a pretty unique system um, in English football. I can't think of too many other play- other teams that play in the same way that that we do. So I think you've got to pre- be prepared to give players a year. Adam Armstrong hasn't become a bad player overnight in the same way that Che Adams didn't. Um, and like you say, Che Adams is is a perfectly fine Premier League forward. I think you know he's not going to get you twenty goals. Uh, but his his link up play is brilliant. His you know he offers a lot, 
aside from goals, his finishing needs improving. Um, and I think, I don't think we'll get Brozier back, but I would love him back. But we need a, a striker um, to work alongside those other two. And then you've got sort of two from three when you're picking your starting lineup. And then I think we need, if you've got a Rebo off the right, um, Stuart Armstrong is not as consistent as probably he was maybe a year or two ago. Um, and El Yanusi is a bit of a funny one in the other sort of number 10 uh, position. He shows bits and you think in games, you think, oh, he's, he's getting it in. And then he just, I don't know, his last, that final pass, that last bit of quality, he just doesn't seem to produce it as often as you'd like. So I think you'd be okay with him and you know and Armstrong as your sort of rotation options, but you'd want another number 10 sort of starter and, and probably another striker, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Would would you be interested in Ben Diaz? Um, I mean, he linked up well with Stuart Armstrong when they were in Blackburn together. Would th- would that be someone, or would you want maybe a bit more high profile a name? Uh, I don't know. He obviously has done brilliant things for Chile. Um, I just wonder with him, was it maybe a bit of a a bit of a purple patch because he did he did go quiet towards the end of the season. Um, yeah. And if I'm honest, you know, we've got Jay Adams and Adam Armstrong who have taken from the championship already. Um, I'd, I'd like to hope for something, not necessarily more high profile, but something a bit more sort of Premier League proven. And that doesn't necessarily mean the English Premier League, someone who's played, you know, and, and done well in, in one of the other top leagues in Europe would be, you know, what you'd be looking for. Or you get guys, don't you, who... Um, who bang a load of goals in, in in Holland or Portugal or wherever, somewhere like that, and that that would be the sort of profile you'd expect Saints to um, to have a look at. So I think there will be another striker come in and probably another sort of wide player number ten as well. But um, how how high profile that player will be, I just don't know. Yeah, and and I guess maybe they might be looking. Um... Maybe in that age profile of Diaz, that 23, 22, we, we've seen, you know, what, what the guys you brought off the pitch in terms of the recruitment guys. Um, and then also the players that you guys have signed so far, it's kind of gone back to that bringing in young, exciting players and, and giving them an opportunity to sign. So that's definitely a position to look out for. Um, are there any other positions? I mean, centre midfield, you'd imagine is is sorted out now yeah um i guess maybe if diallo does leave you might want another one just as cover so there's four there maybe um but i, I wanted to ask you about fullbacks because we know um Leveramento's, you know he got that injury and he's going to be out I, i'm pretty sure he's out for the rest of 2022 yeah. um so is, is that a position that you guys need to then stock up even though you know he's coming back, but at least for the start of the season to have someone in yeah, there. Yeah, I don't think uh, I would have been pretty upset if we'd gone and spent seventeen million or whatever. Not in Forest, have just shelled out for Nico Williams. To be honest, um, yeah. he's the sort of player we, that we could do with, but it needs to be alone. Um, uh, the obvious, the obvious other one to me is the the lad at Man United. Um, it was at Norwich last Brandon year. Williams. Yes, Brandon Williams. Sorry, my mind went completely blank no then. Worries. Yeah, and not, and not because I think he's particularly brilliant, but he could cover both sides. So you could have Perot as your sort of first choice left back, um, and obviously Walker Peters at right back, and then you've got him as cover both sides. I think that's the sort of signing we we need is like a loan that can 
that can cover both sides really that would be the ideal um like that say nico williams would would have been fine um but i wouldn't have wanted us to go and spend that sort of money on him if i'm honest especially when we've already got a lot of strength in the fullback areas yeah definitely um yeah i like that idea of alone i like the idea of brandon williams even more um i think him as sort of just the utility fullback that can cover whenever someone goes down could do well yeah. for you guys I, I don't know if united would be as keen on him being sort of the third you know fullback i guess he'll be second on either side would be the uh, yeah, argument but enough to justify more than that i don't i don't i don't see a premier league club that would take him on on loan and he'd be a guaranteed starter maybe not in a forest given that they were playing jack colback at left wing back um but you know, I think they've signed one, haven't they? So I'm struggling to see a Premier League team that would that would Brandon Williams would get in the first eleven, to be honest, on what he's done. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um and hopefully um the Joe Shields of the world are arguing that point and can bring him in. Is is there any other position that you're wanting or any particular player that you're fond of that you're really hoping that Southampton bring in? Uh, like I say, if it was my if it was my decision I'd be I'd be wanting an experienced centre back even still and I'd I'd probably get rid of uh, Bednarek maybe and Lianko and Lee Stevens as your backup, but um, uh, I don't think that'll happen. If I'm honest, um, they've obviously committed to this sort of younger players route, um, and that's the only I, I can see the excitement. Our fans are getting quite carried away, or well, not carried away, but you know, quite rightfully, quite excited that we've actually bought a few exciting, you know, sort of players who someone like Joe Rebo scored in the Europa League final last year. We weren't signing that player um, two, two, three, four years ago. So that's that's exciting. I, I think he could do really well for us. Um, I just the only thing I'm a little bit um, cautious about is the, is the lack of experience, especially at centre half. Um, so if it was down to me, I would go and get an experienced centre half, and maybe not even someone who has to play every game. But you know, um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a good example, but there's got to be some out there. <laughs> I saw Phil Jones linked with us at one point, and, and actually, I mean, I, I laugh, but. Um, I don't think that would be the worst shout, you know, on some kind of pay-as-you-play um, deal if he um, if he could be got for that. You know, he's he, I know he's become a bit of a meme, hasn't he? But, you know, he's got something and he's got a bit of experience. I wouldn't be totally against it. Um, wouldn't be my first choice either, to be fair. But, yeah, you'd like a sort of Craig, like I say, Craig Dawson-type signing would be, uh, or Johnny Evans-type signing. Um, that sort of player. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. It's probably it would probably have to be Ben Mee, wouldn't it? But the, the issue with that is he's left-sided, and so is Salasu. Yeah, I think I think that would be a bit of a concern. But I I get where you're coming from with that, and we'll see whether or not they do anything on that side of things. Because as I said, I I really want Salasu to do well, and if I think it would benefit him to have someone that he can learn off as well as. You know, getting the minutes and and playing and developing. Oh, I've got it. Got it. I know who I want. I know who yeah. I want. I've got it. It's just come to me. Go Willie Bolly. Oh yeah. Willie Bolly from Wolves. That's a shot. That's a shot. Um, well, it won't happen because not the sort of profile that we bring in. But he's sort of been bombed a little bit by them, hasn't he? It looks like they're going to play a back four as well. They've got Cody. They've got Kilman. They've just brought Collins in. He wasn't playing much last season. That's that's one that I would. If it was down to me, he'd be one that I'd have a little. Uh, a little stab out if you could get him on the cheap, he'd be a sort of more experienced uh, option to play at the back. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him. And for me, I'd imagine that he'll be coming on less wages than what Phil Jones would be demanding. 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's always the worry, I guess, is giving that experienced player too much of a high wage um, that can become a bit of an albatross a bit later on, you know, two or three years down the line. But yeah, maybe one in one experienced centre-back um, center to come in. We've mentioned the forward that needs to come in. Um, for me, as I said, if Diallo leaves, I'd want another midfield in there. Any sort of wings? Will Smallbone's still around and he did all right when he came in. I wouldn't, wouldn't be against him being the sort of fourth one. Um, you're not going to play loads, but I don't think he'd let us down when he does. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm sure there's some academy players that are coming through that maybe you, you could, you know, in the Carabao Cup or something, maybe throw them in yeah. um, if needs must. But um, uh, is there like any interest in bringing in a, a winger or a or, you know, we've mentioned the tens. We've mentioned the kind of forwards slash strikers. Is is there a need to bring in a, a, a winger? We've seen, you know, we've we've mentioned the likes of Janepa and Redmond, who haven't really hit the the ground running with Hasenhutl. So is is that maybe the, the the fear there of do we need those type of profile of players, seeming as they haven't really done so well under Hasenhutl, in my opinion. No, and I think like we just don't play with proper wingers, so I think you're sort of you're Stuart Armstrong, you're El Yunusi, Aribo plus one more as a as your sort of ten options would be fine. Yeah, I think so. Well, Mitch, unless you've got anything else that you want to um throw out there in terms of maybe players that you want to see go out on loan or anything else on that part, I think that is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. No, just thanks for having me on again. Yeah, it was it was good to have you on. Um, from my end, guys, go and check out EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you could wish for, especially during this transfer window. Um, if you guys want to keep up to date with all of the transfer news, just keep that as a one-stop shop, eplindex.com. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the two-footer podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, also, when it does come back, do check out the flagship show. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries heats us down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. That will be coming back closer to the start of the season. Obviously, Kev was on his honeymoon. I'm looking at my phone here to see the date. He's, I don't think he's back. He's back in two days' time um, from his honeymoon. So, congrats to, to, to Kev on on his wedding guys also do go check out our presenting sponsors liberty shield liberty shield is a vpn provider you can check out their services at libertyshield.com and you guys can save with the coupon code epl25 and that gets you 25 percent um, off of your router or if you're going with the um, software download then 25 percent off of the software vpn um, and then also, as I mentioned, go check out eplindex.com. Do go uh, follow all of the handles on social media. Go and follow at eplindex. Go and follow at a tad predictable on Twitter. Um, I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can find me on Twitter at tadpredicts. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA. He does our intro music. He's working on a brand new one for next season, which is really exciting. Um, our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle, he's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Mitch Letissier. Um Mitch, do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, no, I'm actually off Twitter now. Oh, okay, fair. 
Well, you can find him here. So <laughs> you can find Mitch here. Um, and then, um, yeah. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Gino Shira. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse. He strikes it. Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network.